You're listening to Church and Banter. Welcome to Church and Banter with your host Jermaine and you'll be listening to loads of different topics from different men, their thoughts, feelings and views on a range of different topics throughout the church. So keep listening. Hi guys, welcome to uh, Church and Banter. This is our first pilot podcast. Uh, and today we're going to be talking particularly around the uh, George Floyd um, and how we feel as men of, um, of church and as Christians. So um, I'm just going to ask the question. Obviously, we've all seen the video. Uh, we've all seen different bits of how it went down. Um, I'm going to come to you first, Phil. How do you feel about, obviously, what you've seen as a Christian? Well, you got to come to me first. So I'll, just start, <laughs> you know, I'll come to you first. No. Um... Bro, I've I've just been through the whole range of emotions. Um, I think at first, at first, um, you know, waking up, you know, you do your devotion, whatever, whatever. And then for me, bad habit, next thing I do is check my socials, jumped on Twitter. And the first thing I saw was was the face of a black man looking at me and he's dead in the street. Do you know what I mean? A, a dead man's corpse just on camera. And then you start look at what what's going on with this. Um, you know, see the video start playing, you get to see what's happening. It's just it's traumatic. It was traumatic, man. And um I felt um saddened, I felt enraged, I felt low. Do you know what I mean? All of those, all of those feelings. Um I felt, and um, it's just a sense of when, 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 when we see this. I don't know for you. I can't speak for everyone, but for me, when you see pictures like that, it pulls on so much of of, of who you are and so much emotions, because you're thinking, "Where that's like, that could be my brother." Do you know what I mean? That could be my uncle. That could be my cousin. And then the brutality. I think for me, looking at that officer's face as he murdered that man. And there's not even any kind of conflict there. And it just brings everything back. You know, you can't even, there's no discussion. There's no, you know, it's racism. It, this, is, this, is the, this is the result of uh, just a racist system that feels like they can get away with this. And um, it brings back everything. It brings back every time somebody's called you a black this or black that. You know, it it brings back all of those experiences when, you know, you kind of, somebody did you something more, you're treated in a, you know, in a way at school by a teacher and you're thinking, oh, what's that? Is that, do you know what I mean? Is that me? All of those things just kind of come back to the fore. And and I think that adds to the emotion, that adds to the anger, that adds to the the anguish that you feel. Uh, I hear that. And it's funny, you you pointed on some stuff there as well about emotion. Um, I mean, for me, there's a few times, I, not even a few times, a lot of times, um, let's not sugarcoat it, that I've been angry. Um, and even more, i got to be honest with you, upset. And I don't think I've ever seen so many celebrity black males cry so much, um, unless it was over the Super Bowl. Um, but for me, it was quite a bit of a, um, I, I don't know, a bit of a heartwarming thing to see, but also quite a little bit ashamed. Um, one, because it was like white S as a young black man. Um, and secondly, um, conflicted in the sense of I'm a Christian and I'm angry, but I'm sure as Christians, obviously, we often talk to each other about be slow to get angry and stuff like that. And I think that for me, that was one of the areas of conflict. Um, but I'm interested to hear what you guys say. So I'm going to jump to you, Wayne, actually. Um, I'm going to ask you the same question as well. How did you feel when you saw um, what was happening? Yes, you, Wayne. Sorry, I didn't. I I just needed to double check. I, I was um, jotting down some stuff. Um, to the question, really, um, I was just actually thinking about it myself as Phil was talking. Um, and, and to be honest, when I first heard about it, it didn't impact me at the beginning because it was very much like I didn't really know the story in full. And what actually gravitated me towards knowing the story more was through my wife because I could remember that within the 24, 48 hours, 
Emma was really impacted by it. Like she couldn't get her head into work. She talked about finding herself in her room, just kind of locked away, talking to God, praying over it. She was feeling those range of emotions that Phil talked about. And um, it was off the back of that. That's what gravitated me to look at this thing more. Um, so I suppose in one essence, I was a bit of a bubble, if you understand what I mean with it. But now, as I've understood the story, um, and I've got to be honest, I've not watched the video, and that's by choice, but I've seen the pictures. Um, I can only explain now, relating to Phil, those range of emotions are so, they're real. Um, it's gone from anger, it goes from shock, it goes from denial. Um, and only until yesterday did I actually articulate for myself that those range of emotions that I'm feeling, and it could be what others are feeling, is grief. And, and that's how I've looked at it. it, it it's, a, it's actually grief because it's a, it's a loss of a person that even though you may not have known George Floyd, the impact of that man's death, firstly, will have an impact on you as a human being in the way that, he's, that how he died. And, and more so we connect to it because of the color of his skin. And we understand from our own personal experiences, we have encountered racism and we know how that left, how that left us feeling. Yeah. We, we, we come together with everybody else right now that is mourning over this man's death and over every other death that was prior before George Floyd. So um, for me right now, these range of emotions I'm experiencing, I, I have recognized it now as grief. Um, because I've, I've sensed a loss, a loss for a human life that though I didn't know him, um, I, I've empathized with that pain that he must have gone through. I can't fully understand it, but I know what it's like for my own walk to lose someone or lose people close to you. So yeah. grief is something that I'm familiar with anyway, even like just, just for a moment aside from George Floyd, through COVID-19, I've already lost several people already close to me. Yeah. So I'm having to deal with that process of grief. So when I now see this happening, I recognize those range of emotions now a lot more quicker. So um, I'm just still processing this all. I have found myself, I've been very quiet in, you know, I must admit this is the, f apart from sharing my thoughts and feelings with my wife, with Emma, this is the first time really I'm coming out, discussing it outside of my home in this format. Yeah. I've said nothing on social media and that's just been by choice because I'm still processing this. Mm. Um, but it's, but I, I, Emma and I was having a discussion last night um, and one thing we came to an agreement on is that we understand the anger without a shadow of a doubt. We all do. Mm. Um, and we understand why in, in certain states, there's been looting. The looting's not justified, and I don't stand by that, yeah. because at the end of the day, that's, you know, that's not gonna really resolve anything, but I understand where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. it, it, it comes from, uh, I ain't talk, just talking months, this comes from decades, years of, of, of being, as a people, suppressed, and being told that we're not allowed to express our feelings when somebody is, and excuse me for this, pissing on you on you but you're not allowed to tell them that you're pissing on me yeah. do, 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 do you get what i'm where i'm coming from with that so that's that's a lot of suppressed emotion over the over over hundreds of years yeah. so now that it's coming out in certain ways i'm not surprised that the looting has taken place if i'll be honest with you yeah. you look at history wherever there has been an injustice within say within the black community let's focus on that yeah, because that's where we're at with this. Yeah. Rioting or looting follows that. Mm. But it's not that it's done with deliberate intent. It's done with a pent-up frustration. Where, where, do, where do you take that anger? Where do you go with it? Because if you can't take the anger to the people that, that say that, that they see you as an equal, that they say that their law is there to support you, and you know it's not, mm. then it comes out in another stream. So Emma and I was talking about it last night, and... One thing in terms of social media that I have been very um, drawn to is actually seeing, as you mentioned, Blue, about celebrities, yeah. whether black or white, making a statement about this. And I've got a work colleague who um, 
shared with me recently that she was reading a book prior before all of this. Um, and this is a young white woman I'm talking about now. And she said the book she's reading on is about, um, it was to do with race and understanding the issues of the black community. And she's just been naturally drawn to, to read that, what is for her own journey, her own exploration, because she's wanting to know and have an understanding of this for some time. Um, and out of that, it led her to do certain things of action to support other people that she knows, of, of black people I'm talking, yeah. of how to support them because of the understanding that she's got out of this. So Emma and I were saying last night, that there has to be a bridge, mm. yeah? There has to be a building of bridges. Um, I saw a video last night where a group of 200 white people in America got on their knees and asked the black community for forgiveness. It was powerful, it really moved me. It's one thing to empathize, but the next big step must be towards action. And that's where that bridge must come into connection. We as the black people, we must, yes, we must allow ourselves to feel, we must allow ourselves to express that anger but we must not allow that anger to consume us that we then tear down something right now that is unique, that, that can be built to change human history going forward. Oh, yeah. So I think in terms of, and I, I say this in terms of, say the white community then, the understanding must come through education in, in order to understand what we as a, as a black people have gone through and through that education, it must then lead to some form of change and, and the change has to come in action. Because I'm very weary in some essence at the same time that we have got some celebrities, I think, will put themselves out there with a hidden agenda because mm. they want to be out there on, on public blast and say, oh, I'm there with the cause. But your cause don't mean nothing to me if I don't see action following that. Mm. The Bible says, by your fruits, you shall know them. So that's how I'm going to, that's how I'm looking at this. And that's where my processing part is at the moment. Um, Emma and I are in a stance of, yes, we want to be able to be a, a people of solution, not just as, not just as, as, as men of God, but, but also of the color of our skin. We want to tear down those stereotypes. We don't want to heighten them, especially in a time like this. Um, so yeah, um, I'll stop there for a moment because I, I don't want to keep going on and on. Uh, yeah, but but there's, those are just where I'm re that's just where I'm at with it right yeah. now. No, I appreciate that. I hear what you're saying. I was about to mute you as well. But um, <laughs> you know what I know? Actually, I'm going to bring Andy in as well because Andy, um, I mean, how's your thoughts on it? Because I know as black people, our, our, the highlights been a lot on, on black people as well, but not every white person's racist. And I think sometimes um, with this whole hype of what's happening, we tend to forget that it's it becomes a black issue when actually you've got a lot of people who are white who are hurting just as much as this as black people. So I'm going to say, are you Andy, how's, what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, it's a really interesting one. Just, just hearing from the Wayne. Um, I mean, there are so many, there's so many things that go around in my head. I mean, the first thing to say is, A, we don't have a TV in our home. Um, therefore, we don't have direct access into any news output. So for us to find out what's going on, we have to go looking for it. And a little bit like Wayne, I guess, you know, I was disturbed to see what was happening. But I'm not surprised because America is so heavy handed in the way that, I mean, you can put a search, um, a search engine, YouTube or Google, whatever, and you would come up with millions of um, road traffic stops with the police and you can discern the difference between how a certain person has been spoken to to a black person there's just fundamental differences and I think um, you know I'm not surprised that somebody is so some or some some people in America the police are so uh, heavy-handed they're given so much power that institutional racism yeah. is just over it's just there in your face. I tell you what's really interesting. Um, I find really interesting. A good friend of mine who studied black theology, uh, and I, and I kind of learned a lot with just walking and journey with him. Uh, James Cohen, this wonderful black theologian, said this, and I wonder if it rings true today and captures it. It says, um, "The history of the black-white relationships in America, from the Civil War to the present day, 
unmistakably shows that as a people, America has never intended for blacks to be free. To this day, in the eyes of most white Americans, the black remains subhuman. Now you have to let that sink in because if, if that's true, there are a number of points I want to make, but if that is true, now he knows his stuff, I'm quoting James Cone here, if that's true, the underlying issue in America is it's, it's still, you know, in the 15, 1600s, you know, Martin Luther King talked about it in, in a recent um, video that's gone viral again, talking about black people have always been remained oppressed. And when they're asked to, um, you know, lift themselves up by their own bootstraps out of oppression, he's saying, but they've taken our boots away, let alone our yeah. straps. That's what he's saying. So, so the black community of, in America, it seems, have always been oppressed. And if, if what he's saying is still true, sadly, George and the numerous hundreds, thousands of people before him are, are systematic of this racial uh, underlining tone that has always been there. And I think it's frightening. Now, having said that, um, if you look at the UK, um, Mark, I think it was Marcus Howe, uh, when the, the, the riots were happening in London and Birmingham and spreading to yeah. Liverpool, what was it, some seven, ten years or whatever it was ago? Yeah. I remember watching a film, uh, a documentary that he made, and he was making, you know, really interesting points saying that, you know, young black people are forever being thrown up, slapped up against the wall, you know, um, and, and being singled out. And the figures in the UK show this as well. Uh, for what reason? That's, you know, that's what I would like to know. Now, as a man who's worked 20 years in Aston with young black men, I know what that's like. I've seen it firsthand. Um, and it's frightening. So as much as I don't watch the news per se, I, you know, I've followed it. I've followed it on social media and stuff like that. And I've seen it. It's devastating. And, um, you know, this guy's a family man. And I think Monique put a song out just recently this week saying, what if it was my dad? What if it was my brother? What if it was my son? So the way in empathizing and connecting those things are so true. And I think it's a tragic state of affairs that we find ourselves still here. And particularly in America, it's like a circle that just keeps coming back to itself. It never seems to deal with it. And what happens is you have this huge rush of publicity and people coming out and saying oh it's terrible oh it's this and actors getting behind this movement and that movement and it's and it's good i'm not I'm not suggesting that's not good but it's actually the very foundations that we need to be rocking and shaping and changing and you know protesting against and saying no like wayne says you know i want to see some action and actually the action to date is not good enough I hear that. I totally hear that. And I appreciate that, man. You give me a lot to think about there, actually. Because of time is straight, I'm going to go straight to Tom, actually. So, Tom, um, as one of the youngest guys in the group as well, actually, where was your thoughts on this one? Yeah. Um, and you're right. It's, it's been... It's, I like to digest what everyone else has been saying because it's, it's such good points. I think it was the first time I've been reminded that George Floyd died. Uh, and because of because of how much stuff comes out in the media and how much stuff you hear um, or you see, it almost changes the narrative a little bit. You know, today you people are doing the marches and the protests and you almost forget that someone died. And I, I remember watching the video and I try not to search for these kind of things. I just, it just, it was very apparent. So I was like, okay, what is this? Mm. And then I'm, I'm there for nine minutes. I'm actually watching someone die for nine minutes. And it's just as I'm sitting here, it made me think, how is it in the first place that videos like this are able to be watched? Yeah. You know, when I was like being younger and growing up, that, you, that you just, there's no way that would be allowed. And I think that just tells me what, how powerful control is over certain things and uh, over what you're allowed to view and what you're allowed to watch. And um, like, I think, Andy, you mentioned if you typed in it, like um, something about pr police brutality, you'll see lots of videos and they're not, there's no kind of thing to say, no, that's wrong. We shouldn't even be posting that. Obviously, it's, it's good 
for the exposure in terms of set, um, shining a light what's going on but actually for it to be allowed it's interesting what certain powers and principalities allow for things to happen you know what i mean like you always hear in like preachers where it says like the devil's all right with you to kind of come into church and make noise and not do anything and it reminds me a bit of that where it's like uh, it feels like the devil or the devil behind what behind the systems are okay with those kind of things they're okay because when i watch that video I agree with everybody else in terms of I could see this, I could see this could be my, my dad or somebody else. But I also thought, I wonder if they're going to get, like, I wonder if there's going to be charges following this. Um, I, I feel like that might have been the thought of everybody. Not even like, man, we finally got, we finally got justice. Wow. This is, this is really great. Like, this is the one, like, and not using him as an example or, or but, saying hey this terrible thing's happened we've got justice now and um, not just for him i feel like everybody would probably be saying man i i wonder how long i wonder how long it's going to take for something to happen and we're talking and what's happening is what probably first steps of what should be happening the way it's prolonged and and it i just find that just incredible that we have to it's almost like beg for scraps we have to shout for attention i think when you mentioned it about how much you have to shout for attention and it makes you feel like you're crazy and i guess for me in terms of my response i've had to just take my time with it I, exactly what wayne was saying like i couldn't respond straight away because i realized that yes i want to be a part of something bigger i want to be a part of something that that isn't hiding um but the, that in the bible it says like jesus had compassion for them and 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 it, that's where I have to move from. So I need to take the time to process what I'm going to say, because personally, I haven't experienced um, that, um, stuff like that. I haven't experienced, I haven't been stopped and searched. I haven't been um, many things. Now I have had different levels of racism, but I haven't experienced that. So I have to say to myself, okay, how do I respond? Like, what, what do I say that isn't just something that's gone in the wind? You know, I don't hear anybody talking about the Amazon burning down. I don't hear anybody talking about what happened in Australia and I'm not putting par on those things, but what I didn't want to do is be um, a trend. I didn't want to like, I find it, and it's great to see how much people are rising to it, but something I shared on my Instagram was just about understanding, okay, I want to be about change now. Like that's it, what it's done is that I'm, I, I don't forget that someone's died um i don't forget the injustice but now i need to understand what is my role what do i what do i need to do in my sphere and it's not just keeping it like all in my little bubble but understanding that if i do that well and everybody else can kind of do that as well what are we doing because i like to see change i like to see things uh, change in the education system that's the kind of change where i would like to see things because i think we fully know that just because this person gets life or or sentence or whatever what it, whatever the the charge is will that be enough for us and i think we all know that isn't the case you're listening to church and banter so ashley i'm asking you the same question um how did you feel when um you saw all this yeah similar similar to wayne I, I haven't watched the video um i don't think i could bear watching a video at that length i've seen photos and i've seen short clips like like less than 30 seconds um and i think i've prayed about this because I, f I find it difficult to have emotions like that because speaking to a friend when when you got friends that pass away mm. uh, when you're younger and then family passes away and then friends pass away from things related to your age and your area and stuff like that i think you naturally either find a way to let them out or you suppress them. And I think that's what I've kind of done. So it feels funny that the same way that someone that I don't know in London could die from something to do with gang violence and that I, I don't think I'd have the same mindset as obvious as what's going on now. I know that obviously it might not be a racist thing, but um, it's just difficult to take in for me. And it's difficult to reflect on and think about quite often. I'd, I'd, I'd rather move away from that thought and think, you know what, solution orientated, what, what, what can we really do to try and stop this happening? Mm. Um, so I've, I've, I've kind of thought, am I, I like, I'm a hard hearted, is it, is it a difficult thing? 
and then obviously being a Christian, it's like, how do we go about it? And I've been like watching um, MLK sermons and I've been reading his book as opposed to like Malcolm X. And like, at times I'm more closer to thinking, you know what, like if, if I'm getting troubled as a person, I'm gonna use violence. Well, I don't feel like it's something I would tell everyone to do. Mm. But I know that, like, if a robber comes into my house, I'm going to violently deal with it. But I know that it's a difficult situation, especially being a Christian and especially being over there with the police um, injustice that we just haven't tasted in a sense. Mm. So I can't really say I, I have complete empathy with what's going on because I just haven't been in their shoes. You might get... Obviously, like Tom's saying, not really getting stop and search. We've been stop and searched as youths. Like, it, it happened all the time. And um, even as an adult now, I can sometimes see why it happened. Not how they go about it, but there's 20 people standing around, all in black hoodies. You're going to kind of be, or ha have a, a suspect of what's going on kind of thing. Yeah. But um, for me, I've kind of moved towards strategies now. And I'm, I'm kind of more looking towards what Andy was saying. We have to understand that this is the KKK in, in, in uniform. And they never, I don't, I don't think like, especially the racist, they never, they won't see us as equals. Yeah. And I think we have to kind of understand that. Like, you know, I love what Martin Luther King was doing. And obviously I don't know all of what he's done in, in its entirety, but we're coming to them to say, we want to be seen as equal. And I don't think it would be the same the other way around. So it's like, okay, what can we do strategy-wise? And it's, I come more towards, like, um, either it's violence, which I don't adhere to, or it's creating our own thing. Hmm. So, it's, so it's, it's like, you know what, if this is not going to change, let's, let's create some economic empowerment for ourselves and do our own thing. Like with, like with the boss boycott, the yeah. boycott was good. And... and um, it made a change, but when we integrated with them, a lot of our businesses stopped because we was just using everyone, if you get what I'm saying. So obviously, the finance goes, you've got less power, and then it's like, how can you, how can you um, have conflict with what's going on when you've got less power? I think they, they, they shortly realised, we're going to protest, we might have a riot, and then unfortunately, it's going to die down. And I, I, I pray that's not the case, but throughout history, especially like recent, uh, over the last decade, that's what it's been. And it, and it hasn't been someone of empower and it hasn't been someone like a celebrity, like the bully goes for the weakest person in the playground, haven't got family, haven't got brothers, probably quiet and they, they go after them. So it's... For me, like feelings-wise, it's a very difficult one, Ruff, and it's something that I, I, I continue to pray about and try to reflect on. But I, I do come close to strategies in terms of violence, which obviously, like I said, I don't adhere to, but economic empowerment to kind of create our own thing because it's like, are they really going to change in terms of the racism? Mm. And with the power that they've got, they know I can do these things and get away with it. And if you know you can do something and get away with it, what's really going to change? Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. So, yeah, man. Yeah. No, I appreciate that, man. I'm come to you, Shane. Uh, last same question. Um, as a Christian as well, you know, how, how did you feel and where do you stand with this? Because, um, yeah, how do you feel about it? Yeah, of course. Um, so, yeah, oh, you chose me to go last, so everyone's kind of stolen the thunder, really. But, nah, um, JV, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, but yeah, I kind of concur with what you know every, all the all the guys are saying. Um, I haven't you know seen the video myself as yet. Um, I don't really like seeing videos of people dying, so I probably won't actually watch it if I'm honest. But yeah, like everyone, I've seen the pictures. Um, I think we all have. Um, I think initially, you know, quite quite clearly, a lot of anger. Um, you know that in 2020, this is still you know a big issue for us all. Uh, that we face um and then from that a lot of a range of emotions so frustration why is it still happening what are we doing about it um as a christian um a little bit frustrated being completely vulnerable and honest here 
man go for uh, it. lack of kind of um Wester Church. Um what are we doing as 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 the body? Um you know, as 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 the body kind of stand, standing in the gap. You know, where are the leaders kind of speaking up about, you know, even saying anything? Um I felt it was very quiet from, you know, our leaders, um certainly the ones in my circles anyway. I can't speak for everyone, but in my circles it seemed like, you know, leaders were very quiet on the subject. Um, and obviously that can cause a bit of frustration because then you start thinking things about your own, uh, you know, church family. Well, mm. is it inherent in the church? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Is, is it issues that actually, um, although we've kind of swept in the, in the carpet in church, does it exist in church? Maybe not in the same way people are outright racist, but in people's mindset, in the way people have been brought up, um, in their cultures, yeah. is that kind of in the back of people's minds so you know when things like this happen you know people don't really want to speak about it because they have maybe similar thoughts mm. I, you know the, there's a whole range of kind of uh thoughts to kind of spin in your head and if i'm honest probably like wayne and, and some of the other guys still processing a lot um in terms of you know what does it mean for me uh, how do you process this what's the resolution uh, and if i'm being completely honest and vulnerable again I would say feeling quite helpless because if someone was to ask us, you know, if Boris or, or even Donald Trump uh, was to come on this call, uh, on this meeting and say, okay, what's the solution? What would we say? Do you know what I mean? How, what, what, you know, what strategies, what plans, what projects, you know, have we got those ready to say, yeah, we think this, this, this. Yeah. I, I personally don't have that answers, Do you know, and that again brings frustration because it's like, we want to bring a solution, we want to bring change, but how do we go about that and how, you know, how do we make things happen? Yeah. Um, so a lot of conflict and then also conflict in terms of um, feeling empathy for, you know, you know, George Floyd and his family. Uh, but then as a believer, although I've seen a police officer murder, you know, a brother, somehow in my heart, still not having unforgiveness and resentment towards him and that is if i'm being completely honest it baffles my head <laughs> because your reaction is your natural reaction is rage <laughs> you know we throw the bucket in you know he deserves you know death penalty whatever but actually no i'm called to forgive um <laughs> so you know there's conflict there um so that, yeah for me just a real sense of conflict if i'm honest I'm, I'm actually um, glad. I'm glad you said that because I, I mean, I that's one of the conflicts I've had, if I'm honest. Where I thought, as a Christian, I know we're called to forgive, but if I'm totally honest. If it was in a room full of them, I'd probably feel like I want to knock you all out um, and just go all weapons and tools. And, and I know as Christians, we're supposed to be having that. You no, know, you know, turn the other cheek. But I don't. I don't know. A bit like you guys said. I think my emotions sometimes make me feel a bit rage. Like my solution is to kind of go with violence with violence, but. Like um, Martin Luther King said, in it, violence doesn't solve violence. Um, is that what he said? I feel like I just made it up. If it, if it did make up his mind, um, yeah, made it up. did I just make it up? Yeah, but sorry, sorry, Shane. I just, I just jumped in there. I got excited. Nah, that's cool. nah yeah. So yeah, I, th I think it's probably to summarise. Just a, a feeling, feelings of conflict. Um, still processing things in my head. Um, and yeah, I don't really feel like I've got answers or solutions. Uh. I, I know there's a feeling of wanting change and wanting to see something and wanting to be part of something. Yeah. What that looks like, what that is. Currently, I don't know. Oh, okay. Daniel, I'm coming to you last, sorry, last but not least, but I'm going to ask you the same question in a different format. As a parent, how did you feel? Um, I don't know if you've seen it, or if I know you've heard about it, but as a parent, what's your thoughts and perspective on it? Yeah, I'm, um, I'm pretty much like everyone else in this group. And my first... My, my first thought was was thinking of my kids and I think I actually did actually glance over my kids and think about them and their future um, because for a while, as you probably know, some of you know in this group as well, like my whole background is sports, sports and mentor and I've been doing that with young people since I was 18 and it hasn't just been black kids, it hasn't been Asian kids, it's been white kids, it's been all sorts of kids that I've been working with um, and I've tried to implement a um, form of, or, a, or a identity, like a discussion of identity in some of the programs that we do, understanding who you are 
as a person, as an individual first and what your ethics and your values are. That's the, one of the first things I've ever tried to do. And then um, talk about race, talk about colour. I know of late, I've been one of my, in one of my schools, that's what we've been talking about. I've been sitting down with a group of, of kids and it's, they've been white kids and we've been talking about identity and race. And one of the things is how am I different to you? And some of the things they've brought back to me is like, well, first of all, where would you have got that from? And it's not something that you've just thought of by yourself. It's, it's a learned thing that you've, you've saw somebody else do and understanding that I'm just a person just like you are. Do you know what I mean? I've, I've tried to break it down. And in saying that, I'm having to look at my kids and having to tell them, like, you can't do and say certain things when you're out. It shouldn't have to be the case. I feel like my kids should be able to walk down the street like a normal person should walk down the street. I shouldn't have to fear for their life when they're, when they're leaving the house, per se. My, my, my oldest son is, is what is going to be 18 in June, and I, I feel for when he goes out the house, like, what's going to happen to him? Like, just in, in general, is the police going to arrest him? Is he going to be he's hanging with the wrong crowd? Is he going to get mixed up with the wrong things? And I don't know if you follow me on Facebook, but I've been, I've been flooding Facebook with... Um, some of the stuff that's been going on. I haven't watched the full entire clip of George, but I've seen bits and pieces. And that alone has been enough to kind of make me feel confused and tired, basically. Just tired of what's been going on. Um, because it's this one hit me more than any other one that I've seen before. And I don't know why it is. It's probably when, when Wayne was saying is it's, it's, um, it's frustration. It's, it's, it's hurt. It's knowing that something else has been happened before and it's happening again. Like it, as some, and as someone else said, it's 2020. Shouldn't have to be going through this now. Shouldn't have to be at all. And I just feel as a parent, I have to be looking out for my kids and teaching them certain ethics and values for themselves when they leave the house. But I don't want to be saying to them, you can't do this and you can't do that when they should have the, the freedom to do. I'm, I'm not talking like you can't go and just punch someone in the face when you're out and just, in the streets, I'm not talking like that. But I'm talking about I shouldn't have to tell them to act like this when you're around certain people. I should tell them you can be who you are, you can be who you want to be. Don't have to hide your own identity or, or should I say, manage your blackness when you're around certain people. That's not a conversation I should have to have with my kids. So, yeah, it's kind of hit me hard and I'm still processing it like everyone else is. But, um, yeah, that's where I stand on this one. I hear that, man. And it's something I shared with, um, I think, Phil and um, Shane um, this week, actually, is, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, um, I didn't think that this hit me. Um, I've watched the video, um, and I've got to admit, I've probably watched it more than five times, um, because I was analysing, do, do they not see that this is a human being on the floor? Like, maybe, I think at some point, because it's American, and this is just me, feel a bit weird, but sometimes when you watch American stuff, it feels like it's a movie. So I have to watch it again, like, is this really happening? Like, did this really, is this, maybe this is just a trailer for another black film to kind of show the oppression. And so I have to kind of like really go through the process. Um, and then when I, after watching it, I watched a few other things, our videos where, again, there's been oppression, uh, particularly for young black males. What really upset me, um, and I got to be honest, I, I was so emotional about this that it almost brought me to tears. I think a few came out was a guy that was doing it, talking to a young person who was 16. And he said, a generation before me was fighting this. My generation's fighting this. The reality is your generation's going to fight this. What are you going to do different? What really upset me was as men or as a man, I, I hold it down well and I, I, I try to shield my family away from all this. So my sons don't hear this. They, I don't think they've ever heard the N-word. And I try to keep them away from a, a society I grew up in that kind of gave us that edge. Um, in reality, I'm thinking at some point they're going to be grown enough that they've got to go into society in a culture where I've got no control of, uh, of protecting them. Um, and the things that I've encountered, they might encounter it and then some. Because, I mean, these videos that we saw of George Floyd has been going for years. I remember visiting Ron King, um, or um, the one in America where the uh, six police officers were whacking him with a bat. So for me, I kind of growing up seeing videos like this, and if it wasn't a video of, of police brutality, it was every October. Black History Month, a video of reminding you that you came from slavery. You know what I mean? And so for me, it was kind of a, another picture there of 
chains and, and stuff like that, which really kind of got upset me. But my question to you guys then, um, and I'm going to come to Andy on this one. So we're all Christian men. And as Shane kind of said, you know, we know we have to give forgiveness and turn the other cheek. Um, how easy do you guys find this? Because I know for me, I know if we was in, in church and everyone was like, you got to turn the other cheek, I'll probably be clapping my hands like everyone else and saying amen. Realistically, my head is thinking, I don't want to turn the other cheek. Actually, I feel there might be some satisfaction in slapping the person. Um, and that's just me being honest and real. So I just want to know how you guys um, process going through this as Christians as well. You have to press that button that says it on mute. Yeah, I think, yeah. I, you know, like Shane was saying, it's a, it's a, it's a real flux, isn't it? It's a, it? It is, but it shouldn't be. There's this wonderful word that we, we often bat about our house about righteous anger. And, um, and, you know, when Jesus turned the tables uh, outside, inside the temple because of his anger that they turned the house of the Lord into this effectively bit fair shop, you know, Paddy's power, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, he was angry, but he was, he was still righteous in what he was doing. And I think, you know, we have this dichotomy where we're to lead and show by example, but not shy away from the anger that there's racism that still exists or there's prejudice or, you know, there's homophobic uh, comment, whatever the issue might be, we shouldn't shy away from that. And particularly or especially Christians, because if your faith is true and you believe it's the absolute, then you have a duty to speak out on this stuff. Now, now for some of us, it may cost us our life. You know, so you look at Martin Luther King, for him, it cost him his life because what he did is he rattled it right to the very core of the establishment and they couldn't shut him up for love nor money. They tried to buy him off, couldn't do it. You know, they tried to expose his affairs and this, that. they couldn't do it, you know, and every bit of dirt that they threw at him, his righteous anger, his non-violent take on these things, went to the very core of the foundations. So the only way you can deal with it is take them out. Now you can flip that and you can say, well, they took out Kennedy as well because he was a man of peace. He was a man of embracing all of that America had. Uh, and he was a threat. So, you know, there's a couple of things here. You know, we have to remember where we've come from. Let, let's just zone in on the UK for a moment. We have made some significant strides. Yeah. Um, you know, from what was an incredibly racist 60s, 70s, probably early 80s, you know, and, 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 and there's still elements of that there. But we have really integrated well in, in the UK, uh, you know, and I think that's a really good thing. Um, it, I think what the question here for me falls back to the establishment and as a Christian, but as a Christian leader, how we a, stand together in solidarity, how we empathize with those who have experienced it firsthand. And then three, how, which was what Shane was touching on really, how do we then action it? Yeah. You know, so that, 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 um, that story that you shared, Blue, about that, fifth, I think it was a 15 or 16 year old boy, and, and the guy on the street was saying to him in front of his father, we've fought it for this long you have to do something different yeah so it's that question is what what is it that's different that's going to shake the foundations like martin luther king did to make them do different and be different yeah uh, and and for me to reverse you know that that quote that i use from um from james cone about you know the black race being so human it's outrageous in, in 2020, even 50 years ago, that's still outrageous. But today, it's still outrageous. And, and I think we as Christians have to stand up to that. And we, and we have to be a voice for those who are persecuted or oppressed still today. Mm. Oh, I appreciate it. I hear that, man. Phil, same question. How vocal should we be as Christians? Uh, uh, like, bust people's ears. <laughs> that's that's how vocal that's how vocal we have to be um the heart of god cries and rages against injustice and um i guess the the the, the whole christian hermeneutic of this is that eventually god is going to come back and redeem this earth and 
come back as the righteous judge, mm. you know, paying everybody their dues. Everybody's going to get what's owing to them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, because God is so concerned and so heart bent on justice. So we should be, we should be so vocal because that's the heartbeat of God. Yeah. Um, you know, how many times in scriptures are we told to, 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 to look after the widow, to look after the orphan? You know, Isaiah tells us to, to cry aloud, to, you know, to shout out um, on their behalf. Um, we need to be vocal in our vocality. Not only do we, um, not, not only do we cry with the victimized and the oppressed, not only do we shout out with them, um, you know, Hebrews talks about Abel uh, being killed by his brother Cain. And it says, even though he de even though he's dead, his blood still cries out from the ground. Do you know what I mean? Um, and we cry out with uh, the oppressed and with the victimized. Um, but also in our crying out and in our vocality, what we do is we, um, we, we cause people to then begin to look into, you know, I had a meeting with uh, my leadership team at work this week and when me and another black colleague began to speak about how we felt about this issue by the end of the meeting the whole room was in tears uh, you know and people were saying I, I never I, I never understood that this is what it was like or this is how it feels for you guys you know uh, another key component of Christianity is compassion Bible says when Jesus was moved with compassion that's when he began to act um, and compassion, if you go back to the Greek, I'm not going to, uh, you know, I'm not going to say the word because, you know, I ain't got it like that. But it literally <laughs> means get, get in the guts of a thing with somebody. It means to get in the dirt with somebody. If somebody's in the poo, you get in the poo with them, you get messy. Yeah. Um, and you sit alongside and you feel and you experience what they experience. Um, I just want to pick up on something that um, JB said about um, his sons, yeah, well, his children. And raising them and kind of feel, we feel like we have to talk to our, our children and say yeah you have to kind of dampen down your blackness and you have to we call it playing the game don't we this is what you do to get by I think part of that we've been taught that and that's been passed down and that's been a survival technique yeah. but actually it, it makes us it makes us complicit in the oppression that, that's placed upon us you know why is it in 2020 that we have kids being excluded and, and suspended from schools for wearing their hair on their head, the weight grows out of their head. Do you know what I mean? Like black girls getting suspended from schools because they're wearing an afro. You know, a, a, a young boy not being able to take up his place in the grammar school because he grows locks, which is a, a religious, um, you know, a, a religious vow, a religious awning yeah. of, of, of his beliefs. Like we can no longer be... The, uh, a generation that just kind of sits down and takes this and, and, and plays the status quo. We have to be vocal and it's in every, every single sense of the word, in every sphere and on every platform. Um, and I think in that, that is the heart of God. Just one last thing and then, <laughs> then I'm asking. Um, but kingdom, right? Jesus came and he brought kingdom. And, and kingdom is a prophetic picture of what's to come. Yeah. Um, and if in if we're saying in the kingdom in, in in the new heaven and the new earth there is no weeping there is no pain there is no you know there is no injustice then for us to bring kingdom we have to speak out against injustice we have to speak out against all the isms <laughs> yeah. we have to speak out against them and we have to bring do you know what I mean God's yeah, yeah he heaven down to earth <laughs> that kingdom come that will be done as, on earth as it is in heaven. And that can't be done without disruption. You know, the violent have to take it by force. Yeah. I appreciate it. I love that, man. I love that. that. Some big stuff there, some big food. Wayne, uh, we're only small people, maybe. So how do we use the voice that we've got as Christian men? You had me so focused on the forgiveness thing. I was down here jotting down notes of, of things that I wanted to bring to that. And then you come and throw that at me. I need, no, time to process, I need time to process that question. But, All right, no, go with forgiveness um, then. Go okay. with forgiveness. Um, you just messed it up, somebody has to go with it. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just thinking about that question when you put it out earlier, because it has been something that I've had 
thinking about in my in my head over these last couple of days um because i said to emma um last night i said the one thing for me in all of this is, is that i don't start behaving and moving differently towards other people of color because of this situation yeah um because th this type of the, this the type of emotions that we're all feeling can if you allow it to it will gravitate you down some dark roads that you don't want to be going on it's like being it's, it's probably like who can remember first being exposed to watching roots and, and how that had an impact on you when you first saw that you know what i mean um so i've had to really search myself in that and saying well god as 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 your son i know even in spite of this forgiveness must be shown and that is hard of course it's hard um because the 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 anger that we're, we're feeling is is a it's it's a, it's a righteous anger um where i'm going with this is just that firstly emotions itself it's a god-given gift and I, I i believe in that so god when he created us gave us a set of emotions to feel but he also gave us those emotions to express you look at David as, a, as, as an example, you look at many of the Psalms, it's about feeling, but it's about expression, and yet we know God received him mm. in the same way that he was. So, and, and I've learned from, from over my years in the walk that it's cool for me to come to God with anything and just get things off my chest. Yeah. Because, you know, my mom's always taught me that God's, brought, God's shoulders are broad, he can take whatever <laughs> you bring to him. Yeah. So I just want to firstly say that in terms of the emotions that we feel that it's, it's, it's cool to feel this way. We must allow ourselves to express um, because we are feeling them. But then I started thinking about, okay, the anger that I'm feeling. What is this anger? And one of the things that's come immediately to me is something what Andy was just talking about a moment ago was Jesus in the temple courts overturning the tables. It was that righteous anger. Mm. And, and righteous anger, when, when you look up its meaning, it, it says where there has been mistreatment, or malice towards another person. That and righteous anger is not sinful, because what righteous anger leads to is change. It it, it pushes for change. It's saying, I'm not having this. So when I hear Phil, Phil talking about God talking about defend the oppressed against those who have been treated unfairly, why would he say things like that? It's because he has the emotion of anger too, that righteous anger. Mm. So um I, I was just thinking back to something Ashley said earlier. Is this man's death just going to be something that just blows up for a while and then somewhere later on down the line, it just stops, nothing changes? Because that's what we've been seeing previously. And I too have thought that question, Ash. And you know, one of the things what's made me think, you know what, this is a tipping point. This man's death serves as a tipping point. And history shows where a tipping point takes place, change happens. Mm. And I was, I was even thinking about this whilst Ashley was saying that because one of the things that immediately came to my mind was, all right, Jesus being crucified, that caused a tipping point, a revolution yeah. began, things changed. But prior, before Jesus' death, people were just getting crucified left, right, and centre. Ain't no change was coming. People were still bargaining. They still need to change. So come, I just, and I'm not sidetracking, but coming back to forgiveness, I, I was dwelling on this quote from Nelson Mandela, and I think for me, my answer to that question is yes, we should forgive. And I, I don't just say this as cliche because we know that's what the Bible says. Yeah. But this quote for me from Nelson Mandela kind of sums it up. When a deep injury is done to us, we never heal until we forgive. So we, we know Mandela was mistreated for 27 years and prior before that. So his experiences taught him the power of forgiveness. Power forgiveness is not about, <laughs> I suppose, letting go of what the other person's offense is, but it's firstly starting within us to bring healing. And right now, for all of us in this forum, we need healing from this. Mm. Whether you see it that way or not, I guarantee you it will leave you a certain kind of way. And if you're not bringing it to actually acknowledge that actually there's hurt going on here, yeah. we're going to carry some form of underlying prejudice thought or or, or, or behavior towards other people of color or even to our own guaranteed yeah. Yeah. so I, I think for me healing is a must i mean forgiveness is a must there is such power in this 
it's yeah. because it's going to release us firstly from out of that that prison that God doesn't want us in in the first place. And when we experience that from God, we have that compassion that I heard being spoken about, the compassion then to forgive the person to who has mistreated us, because we start to see them from God's eyes, not, no longer from yeah. our own. So that's to, just where my thoughts are with uh, that. Bless. I have to stop you there, just use time. But quickly, I'm going to go to Tom. Tom, just give us an idea. What do you think we could do as Christian men to um, air our voice of, of where we're at? Yeah, um, I've been sitting on that, thinking about that. Um, I think the first thing is to, to understand um, that God can speak to us in different ways. And I think the first thing is that we need to get, we need to go to the source. And yeah. I know that's the cliche thing to say, but you only have to look at what's, what people are saying now. Um, people that you wouldn't, that normally would expect to speak in that way are ventilate are bent uh, benting sorry and it's just like there needs to be there's no there's no order there's no people like the bible talks a lot about um different nations or or, or generations of people and it talks about how they lived in their own sight in, in what was right and it's really important that we have to be obedient to god now what does that look like would be different to different people um something i've been studying recently is just about I shared it not long ago on Instagram was about the word preceding revelation. And what I mean by that is that before we even say anything, before, you know, we could lead this conversation and go and, you know, be active and be vocal about certain things. But we have to understand that this word was spoken to way before. Yeah. And, and it was already, already taken root by the time we've watched, like, I feel like when God knew this moment was going to happen with, with George, George Floyd, the word has already taken place. You know, Jesus says about like, I don't even come to abolish the law. I come to fulfill it. Mm. And there's something about understanding that that's why we need to go to God because he is already fulfilling something in us. So when, whatever he's telling us to do, we need to just go and do it. So whether that in terms of like how to be vocal as Christians, it first starts with going to God. And what is the first thing that he, or the last thing that he's told you to do even if it doesn't sound like it has anything re anything relevant to what the situation is. And I think that's the easiest way to go about it because, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, God used the foolish thing to shape, uh, foolishness of the world to shame the uh, wise. Talks about in John 1, where it says that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not perceive it. It did not comprehend the light. And that what that tells me is that, I guess, if you think about light as being knowledge and wisdom and, and the darkness being ignorance, that means God can speak to us and we don't even understand what he's saying or what he's trying to do. So when he's telling you to do something that's not relevant or doesn't feel like it, that is the first thing. So when I'm talking about how to be vocal, we have to be going off by what God has told us. So whatever the last thing God told you to do, even if it was go and call your mom and just, and just pray over her, that is being vocal. But, in our time or in, in the present, it won't look like that. You know, sometimes when we have to operate a bit differently in, in what in, in what God calls us to do, there is times to be caught to be vocal and saying, you know, um, John the Baptist talks like says, look, repent because the kingdom is coming. You know what I mean? The kingdom is near. And we do need that time where we're shouting injustice and saying, look, shouting from the rooftops, be, being like that um, unmovable, unmovable voice. But there is also where we're using language and we're vocalizing a way that probably doesn't look like that. You know, when Jesus came, everyone thought that he was going to set them free from the bondage. Remember, they, the Israelites were in bondage of, of, of the, the Roman Empire and similar conditions in a sense. And when Jesus rose, they were like, God, so, you know, when are you going to set us free? When are you going to, you know, when are you going to take the kingdom back? And it's like, listen, that's not for you to know. What I'm telling you to do is get out of the kingdom and go and spread it somewhere. So when I, my answer just summarizing is when we're being vocal, we need to go to God first. We need to be able to say, I'm ready to do whatever you tell me to do, that even if it doesn't look like it, am I willing to do something that's not even going to be filmed or shown yeah. or even be on Instagram? So yeah, that's how I would see it. Uh, I was going to come to you guys more on this, but unfortunately we are out of time. Um, but we are going to have, a, we could be going on this for days, but we've got a lot more subjects uh, in church and banter to go. So 
Guys, before we get locked off on the free account, because I'm not paying the money just yet, but if there's any sponsors out there, please sponsor Church and Banter on the Zoom calls. Um, and like Tom said, if God puts it in your heart, then do it. It's only £15 a month. Um, so, guys, I just want to thank you for your time as well. I totally appreciate all of you. Um, and again, uh, thank you for just being part of this. You're listening to Church and Banter. Bring me all I give, nothing but the blood of Jesus.